Welcome to episode number 24 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in the gaming industry. We have two of them this week in Eric Ramsey and Adam Candy. Guys, we are on iTunes and we are on Stitcher and we are on all of the places where you can find podcasts. Please go in, please rate, please review, say something kind. We really want to climb up these charts and have everyone listen to all of this important gaming news that we talk about each and every week on this podcast. So we appreciate the five-star reviews. Five-star, Eric. We're not, we're not settling don't for forget this. To, don't forget to game the system and subscribe and unsubscribe yeah, like yeah, Matt yeah, tells yeah. you to do every week, too. Don't forget about that part. I wonder when Apple is going to to figure that out. I mean, I still hear people say that all the time. I bet it's a myth. It's, Mostly we're gonna, you. We're gonna, You're the only person I've ever heard say this. I've listened to, be, to a to couple of other podcasts and they say this and I'm going to, you know, what's going to happen is we're going to find out that it was a complete, it was like, it was planted <laughs> by Apple because they just wanted people to continue to go to the, the, the store like every single day. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, this was, this was leaked by Apple and that's exactly what's going on here. Adam, how you feeling this week, my man? I'm feeling fantastic. I'm ready to go. This is good stuff here, guys. Let's start start off a little bit different format this week because there wasn't really a ton of news for the first time in, wow, I mean, just several, several, several weeks. We don't have kind of a main story to hit on here. So we'll just kind of go down the list and leads us to what we will be doing next week, which we imagine will produce uh, lots and lots and lots of content. So looking forward to that and seeing everyone and having everyone out here. But Eric, let's start off with the Delaware revenue numbers here. Uh, yeah, we have numbers from September, um, about $17 million in handle, which is uh, about twice as much as August. Um, since launch, sportsbooks in Delaware have booked about $40 million in revenue. So, again, I mean, we're still – we're a couple months into this, and we don't really – know how to contextualize these numbers, but the trends are certainly, uh, certainly going in the right direction. Uh, for September books earned about $3 million in revenue. So yeah, seems good as, as football season starts there. Parlay betting, interesting parlay is still doing very well in Delaware. Uh, 17 million in straight bets, 6.4 million in those old parlay bets that they've had since 2009. Yeah. If anybody wonders why, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, but if you are new, if you're wondering why, whenever you follow a sports book, on the Twitter machine, why they advertise all these gigantic wins by these people that are hitting 12 and 13 and 15 leg parlays. It's because parlays are very profitable for the sports books. So uh, if you're wondering here and Eric, just basically confirm that with these numbers coming from Delaware here. Adam, one of the things we talked about as well in the past is we were very curious and very interested when the September numbers came back. Uh, we now have Delaware's. We don't have, as of this recording, we don't have New Jersey's, but that'll certainly be a big topic on this podcast. But to see the numbers in just in Delaware go up by 100%, it's got to be pretty, got to make those people in New Jersey feel pretty good. When you look at Delaware, the biggest thing that I saw was the per day. And you see $481,000 per day for Delaware last month compared to $276,000 per day from the previous month. So the NFL effect is obvious. And then when you go ahead and add the multiplier effect of population and casinos in New Jersey, of course, I think everyone in the Garden State is feeling great when you look at the fact that New Jersey took in $100 million last month with basically no mobile and no football, this could be boffo for New Jersey. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be crazy for sure. Again, we've mentioned as well that the population of Delaware is also is the also the population of Eric's just uh, apartment <laughs> complex, like in your yeah, condo. Sure. Yeah, in your condo complex, basically the population of Delaware there. So to get those type of numbers is certainly something 
that New Jersey, man, it's got to be got to be crazy. These numbers we're going to get here in a couple days from those guys. So looking forward to that for sure. Uh, Adam, we had a new partnership here in Nevada in William Hill. Of course, it seems like every single week we're talking about a new partnership with William Hill, and that's basically because there is a new partnership announced every single week by William Hill. But a company that maybe people outside of Nevada haven't really heard of, but they are definitely a major player. The presence in Nevada has been well known for a long time. And when you talk about that partnership between William Hill and Golden, not so much new as expanded. Uh, anyone who's been to a PT's pub or a Sierra Gold anywhere around Nevada, uh, for those who are outside of the state, those are the ubiquitous uh, bar restaurants all around uh, the state of Nevada. You've seen William Hill deposit kiosks. The branding is everywhere. So with this new deal, now William Hill will be able to provide a presence for any expansion potentially uh, within Golden's realm. So that could include Montana. That could include Maryland if legalization comes to either of those states, although don't hold your breath at the moment for the prospects in either of those places. And the deal also includes at least another 20 kiosks in those PTs and Sierra Gold locations. So it just continues to expand in the William Hill Golden relationship. And if you look at Golden Gaming, they also own the, you know, they own the Stratosphere here in Las Vegas. They own a few other casinos, I think, that people don't really realize. And one of the interesting things that I'm kind of looking forward to see how it plays out and how things, you know, of course, we don't even have sports betting going in Pennsylvania right now. But uh, Golden actually has a pretty big presence in Pennsylvania as well. Kind of it's the same format that they have here in Nevada. They have these you know, gaming terminal routes that they ha- that they have. And so um wondering if Golden might start kind of dipping their toe in Pennsylvania sooner as opposed to later when it comes to the sports betting side of things as well, because they are well positioned when it comes to all of that stuff as well. So it could be could be interesting. I think that Golden is one of those companies that doesn't really jump off the page to people outside of Nevada. But whenever you like you mentioned, I mean, you can't drive. Hell, you can't drive two miles, it seems like, without running across one of their properties here. And there aren't very many operators left, any many free agent operators that have a presence in multiple states. We've seen most of these partnerships off the board already, MGM, Boyd, uh, Penn National. There aren't too many of these you know, elite partnerships that can accommodate many states left. So this is this is definitely noteworthy for William Hill, which, you know, again, as we talk about every week, seems to have the upper hand in the, the whole U.S. market uh, in a broad sense. Yeah, William Hill seems like their strategy was from legalization. It wasn't necessarily blitzing the market with promos and all the things like that where some of the other ones uh, seems like that was the strategy there it was customer acquisition from you know the second that that they had the opportunity to do that and william hill it seems like as soon as they got the go ahead they just started calling people and taking meetings i mean i i can't even imagine i i would assume william hill has a private jet would you assume that can you imagine the private jet miles that they put on this thing i mean seriously they've got to have a private jet right I would. Oh, no question. I think when you look at William Hill, it's I also would. a case of saying that this is a company that didn't wait for the switch to flip. This is a company that's been planning for this from long before the PASPA decision. These these plans were in the works. They talked about it on their investor call uh, in Q1 this year. So you knew that they were ready to just press the button for go and get started. And those plans are paying off. Yeah, definitely going to be. Interesting to see how this continues to unfold. This is exciting times for sure. Eric, we have, speaking of exciting times and speaking of Pennsylvania here, we have two more casinos that have been approved for sports betting. 
Yeah, actually sort of three-ish facilities. Uh, there was a gaming control meeting uh, yesterday. Yeah, Wednesday, um, if you're not listening on Thursday. And we have the first sports betting uh, temporary approvals. Parks got one for its own property and the South Philly Turf Club, uh, its, its track facility located remotely um parks is already building out its permanent space that should be ready next year but it's going to launch a temporary space before that maybe sometime this year it's also tentatively eyeing up january for mobile launch which would be exciting that's a, a pretty reasonable timeline uh and second hollywood casino got approved for its sports betting license as well again william hill another um partner of penn national we don't really know how big that partnership is yet but we know it's active in at least west virginia and pennsylvania so far um, so those are the two casinos and other property that are applied. We also have Rivers, Sugar House, and Harrah's um, with applications on file waiting for a decision. And for the people that are just joining us and picking up here and don't know the background on Pennsylvania, give just a very quick cliff notes of everything that's going on in Pennsylvania and how things kind of evolved with all that and specifically the tax rate that's going on there. Yeah, this law, uh, it was a big gaming expansion law that actually passed late last year. And regulators essentially uh, just took the tax rate from their casino games and applied it to sports betting. So it's taxed at a rate of 36%, which is enormously high. It's going to be very difficult for operators to turn a profit. There was some question whether or not there'd even be an appetite for sports betting. But sort of now that the... uh, the door is open. We're going to we're going to see folks enter the market. But, yeah, from a financial perspective, it's not a very appealing market. Certainly it has other things going for it, population and location and things like that. But um, some strict some str- a strict framework for the industry financially. Adam, we have New Jersey. We see these numbers coming out of New Jersey. We see the popularity of New Jersey, New Jersey being the 11th most populous state in our great union here, and then you look at a state like Pennsylvania that is actually the sixth most populous state in the union, several million more people in the state of Pennsylvania. So it seems like, I mean, I understand the the big one that everyone's waiting on, like a New York and an Illinois and stuff like that. But when you look at the population of, of Illinois and you look at the population of Pennsylvania, they're almost identical. So Pennsylvania could be a real big player in all this. When you look at Illinois, you obviously look at Chicago. When you look at Pennsylvania, you're looking at two enormous population centers with Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. So that really gives you the opportunity to not only work within those major population centers, but then once you get mobile going and you can capture everything else, you have a market that despite the 10 million, despite the 36 percent, still has the opportunity to make something happen. Is it going to turn the kind of profit that casinos in New Jersey will? That's not likely, but the business will still be worthwhile. And Meadowlands will continue to do very well in New Jersey, attracting New York customers. But at the same time, once these Pennsylvania sports books start opening, they'll be a more convenient option for a lot of folks in, in the southern tier of New York and in the New York metro area. So Pennsylvania should get some of that traffic, too. Yeah, I mean, we hear about these numbers coming out of Delaware. The population of Delaware, 950,000 people. There's literally 13 times the amount of people in Pennsylvania right there. Um, so, again, just something to keep in mind that Pennsylvania, whenever you you hear about it, it does it's not that big, you know, sexy state like a California or a Texas or a Florida or New York. But when it comes to population-wise, which is where, you know, these the more population, the, the more dollars you're going to have flowing into this. And it is right up there with some of the very biggest states, actually more populous than than even Ohio. So I think Pennsylvania is going to 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 really put up some eye popping numbers. 
guys, looking here, one of the big, one of the very big news to come out of Vegas this week. And Adam, we had heard some stuff. Actually, it wasn't rumors. It was confirmed that this was that at least the the guy was leaving his current position. Speculation began as to what, what might happen. But Johnny Avello actually ended up joining the DraftKings team. We've mentioned on this podcast that they have plucked several guys from positions around Las Vegas. There are other positions that are listed on their website that are Las Vegas office-based positions, which lets you know they are definitely going to be taking up residents here uh they don't have a gaming license as we speak but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be plugging this uh, plucking all these people and getting an office here in town if they don't plan on doing that relatively soon now that that, that mount makes win and caesars where they've taken enormous names and, and brought them into DraftKings, and i think the biggest thing that it lends is credibility uh, you've got an upstart in DraftKings sportsbook and you're bringing in guys who have decades of experience running Nevada sports books and Johnny Avello jumping over certainly brings that. So the question then obviously becomes, all right, what is the plan for DraftKings in Nevada? We've heard a lot of speculation that goes back to CG and their license and the situation they have right now with the Nevada gaming commission, where the most recent violations resulted in a settlement agreement that the gaming commission roundly rejected. And once again, brought up the possibility of revocation of CG's license. And so now there's a natural speculation that goes on about whether DraftKings could potentially get in on that license. I have talked to sources who say don't necessarily go quite that far yet, but at the same time, it's the most natural fit when you look at what's going on here. Yeah, I kind of find the I kind of find it hard to put the puzzle together that doesn't kind of lead to that. I mean, maybe there is some sort of crazy deal that's being made that's, you know, super, super secret. But, uh, you know, I have little birdies that say things to me. You have little birdies that say things to you. Eric does as well and stuff. And, you know, I don't I'm not getting any inkling of any sort of crazy news, any sort of crazy deal that's going to come out of this. It seems like all signs pointing towards uh, CG or at least some of CG's business or something like that. I mean, obviously, CG just has contracts with these various casinos. They will expire at some point uh, along the way. Or should the Nevada Gaming Commission come down and give them the ban hammer or something like that, then then it could change things much more rapidly. But uh, I got to admit, Eric, um, I think this is a decent little blend for DraftKings. Obviously, they want to do innovative things, and we've seen them do innovative things. But also, I don't mind them getting some of these guys that have been in the business for the long haul to, you know, at least at least try and keep the 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 semblance of a sports book together while also you know trying to blaze a trail. Yeah, to couch those those speculations about the CG situation a little bit. These are these are great acquisitions, regardless of of right. plans in Nevada. Um, these are you know these are all really well respected folks that we're talking about here. I don't know if we mentioned Jamie Shea from IGT, but she's also going to be involved um, in the product. And you know Johnny Avello has racing experience, which which might be valuable for FanDuel Group as they have the TVG brand under their umbrella now. So maybe Johnny has some insights on how to um, you know cross promote and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's really hard. Not well, he's to not going to be the, giving advice to FanDuel because he works for DraftKings. So he's cer- 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 certainly not going to be doing cor- that. 
Correct. Correct. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly hard not to take the, the leap that, that they have their eyes set on the, the Nevada market, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Eric, I'm going to give you a chance to make up for that complete and total (laughs) blunder right there by talking to us about West Virginia and their integrity fees. Your chance to, Hey, your chance to sound smart begins now. Speaking of blunders, it looks like West Virginia might uh, might be avoiding one here. They have just uh, they're just now turning their temporary rules into permanent legislative rules, and we've talked about there was some question that those final rules might include things like uh, official league data or integrity fees or some provisions like that. Uh, it looks like we don't have to be worried about that. The final version should be published tomorrow, and from what we hear on the ground there, it will not include any of these league provisions. Um, John Cavasini from the racing association there said that the MLB went 0 for 8 in its requests with regulators. So it sounds like uh, once again, that ship has sailed this time for the last time in West Virginia. That is such incredibly good news when it comes down <laughs> to it. I mean, it's this whole this whole deal with the leagues poking their nose in these deals. I mean, I we've mentioned it time after time, Adam, on here before you started making Uh, regular appearances but one of the things that we keep harping on here is I don't know if the leagues really understand what it means that if they are actually actually involved in these games and by you know this whole integrity fee and stuff like that and getting a piece I don't know if they understand the can of worms that they're opening up I mean let's just take this past Sunday for example you know the Browns Raiders game where this first down call gets reversed which everybody thought there was no way in the world that this first down call could get reversed and if that call had stand it would have standed then uh then the Browns would have won they would have won that game and instead that game ended up going in the favor of the Raiders and you know again just little things like that now if the league is part of all this that that's something they're going to have to answer for not just the first down call. How about the non-fumble on Derek Carr that also would have ended the game? There were a couple of calls in that game that made it look like uh, the Raiders, the soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders, uh, were receiving some level of favoritism. Now, were they? No. But, of course, the appearance of it is all that really matters. And the leagues are certainly putting themselves in a position, if they want to be cut in, to have to answer to this. I think the other thing in West Virginia that really just... <laughs> chaps me is our friend big jim and i'm not giving jim justice that name (laughs) jim justice calls himself big jim go to the twitters and check that one out but jim justice was trying to grease the wheels here for the leagues repeatedly and not just during the legislative process i understand that that's the sausage making that goes along with everything but repeatedly coming back and then trying to find a way to reopen it with the secret meeting and then through the temporary rules and then through the permanent rules. It was just an ugly look for the leagues and for justice carrying their water in that situation. Yeah. Pretty, pretty nuts. How that whole West Virginia thing is played out. Eric, what is, where do we, where will we be sitting in your humble opinion? Where are we going to be sitting with West Virginia betting in let's call it January, 2019. January 2019. So by then, I think we're going to have four of the five sports books open, maybe even all five. Last we heard, regulators were optimistic about all five. But as far as we know, the fifth one still hasn't applied. And I have a hunch mobile and online betting will be rolled out by then. That might be a little bit of a tight timeline, but I think 
probably around the first of the year, we're going to see mobile betting start in, you know, FanDuel Sportsbook is one of the, is, is going to lead the market there. Chances are good. So they're going to drive forward um, as, as quick as they can yeah. to launch. The only reason I say January of 2019, obviously the Super Bowl coming the very first weekend there in February. And what a way to kick off betting would be Super Bowl, right? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, Adam, let's talk about the NHL. NHL, uh, very popular here in Nevada where you and I live, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Cinderella story last year. But what that has done has basically manipulated the the popularity of this team has manipulated the futures lines with this team so much that there's basically no value to be had whatsoever on this Vegas Golden Knights team. Uh, it's pretty crazy how this this community is not only spoken by showing up to these games and selling out that T-Mobile arena repeatedly, but now they're investing their hard-earned dollars and locking it up for futures bets on this team. Matt, do you get the sense that the Nevada books are a little sensitive after the liability <laughs> they had out there last year on the Golden Knights? Because when you look at the prices that are out there, it's unreal. Okay, so the lowest I've seen is four to one on Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup goes up to about anywhere between eight and nine. Then go take a look at New Jersey where you can get 14 to one on the Golden Knights <laughs> to win the Stanley Cup. And then you look at the next options for uh, for your futures and you've got the Lightning, Toronto and Washington. And I mean, you're talking about three really good teams there, including one that beat Vegas for the cup last year at double the price. They're all listed at eight, the same book where you get Vegas for four to one. So the Golden Knights have become an unbelievable story nationwide. But in this community, I mean, you feel it. We see it right now. They're playing their season opener today on Thursday. Their practice is packed. You still can't get into a practice at City National Arena. And I don't want to go all Allen Iverson on you, but we're talking about practice. <laughs> practice. Yes, I know. <laughs> I mean, there were people there were people trying to sell their preseason tickets for like double face value. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? Is this real life? People are people are paying double value for for preseason games and I mean, I don't know if they ended up getting that money, but they were certainly at least at least getting above face value for this stuff. So absolutely crazy. But this regional bias thing is, you know, we've been talking about a lot on the East Coast and even in the even in the Southeast. But, you know, it's real here as well. I mean, the Rams lines are if, if the Rams go out this week and they absolutely destroy the Seattle Seahawks as seven point favorites, the Rams lines out here in Vegas are going to get are going to get crazy because people They're are already crazy. The pe- lines are already crazy. For people the Rams. are betting the hell out of the Rams. And if they go and they cover the seven point spread against the Seattle Seahawks this week, they're going to artificially inflate these lines out here in Vegas uh, on this Rams team because they, it doesn't matter how high they keep putting these lines. It is, it's not enough. People just keep flooding money on this team. And I uh, talked to a couple of different bookmakers who said they've started to see a little bit of it this, uh, this past week. Of course, the Saints played the Giants, and the Giants being over there close to New Jersey. The Saints obviously being the home team of basically the, the Biloxi, which is where the Mississippi casinos are located. And there were some definitely some regional biases going on there out in Atlantic City and then back in Biloxi. So pretty interesting to see how this all plays out. And then once we have, you know, a dozen different markets, I can't imagine how horrible it's going to be to try to run a book. These guys that are running these books and had only been running books for the Las Vegas market for so long, and now they're having to manage liability in all these different places based off of regional bias. Um, Eric, I'm 
I, I, I would not take that job. I, yeah, I, don't, setting, I don't think I would take that job. Setting futures prices especially <laughs> comes to mind, you know, with the, with the Vegas exposure last year and we have hockey season coming up. We haven't, we've seen some, some softening of the odds in the local markets, but we're not really, we don't really have a great case study yet in the New Jersey, Pennsylvania area. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see what hockey season betting looks like over on this side of the country on the East coast with the, it's hard to tell in Nevada, in Las Vegas, how much of the appetite for the Knights came from betting and how much came from their newness and their success and things like that. So just to kind of have a mature hockey market out here in the East and see how betting uh, affects that is I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, I, I am too, because it uh, traditionally NHL does just does not do much handle uh, comparatively at all. And so with it being much more popular on the East coast than it is out here on the West coast, I am very interested to see how the handle looks in the uh, in New Jersey whenever this gets going because you know in in I'm not going to say it's a it's a throwaway here in Vegas Adam but certainly it's not anything they push it's not anything that they're really like going after I mean I think a typical NFL Sunday just you know absolutely dwarfs a whole month of NFL of, of NHL season. Uh, we know that by how the Nevada numbers have been traditionally reported. NHL falls into the other, other category yes, with the golf other, and yes. tennis <laughs> and NASCAR and you know other small handle sports. I think the other thing that will potentially eventually do something in New Jersey is for any of these teams to be any good. I am a devil's fan. I have no expectations this season. Rangers and Islanders are going to be down as well. The Knicks have been terrible for a long time. The Nets as well. The giants and jets are a dual dumpster fire in the same stadium. So yeah, you know, a good team might help as well. We saw that here in Vegas. Yeah, we will see how they, and speaking of NBA, a good thing that you brought up some of those NBA teams, Eric, uh, just this just this morning, we saw a thing come through our Slack chat that the NBA and MGM kind of, uh, I'm not going to say this is the grand reveal of this partnership between the two, but certainly the first thing that we've seen where there's, where there's dual branding and something that they're co-promoting. Yeah, and the first thing that's related to sports betting between the two of them, there's a, I mean, it's not, it's free to play. So let's not call it sports betting, but the NBA and MGM are offering a contest for this uh, NBA season. Essentially they're setting uh, win totals for every team. And if you pick the over under correctly for every team, you win a million dollars. So nobody is going to win a million dollars this season, but there are also uh, there's prizes for getting 25 or more. Correct. There's NBA store gift certificates. Um, yeah, it's uh, like I said, no one's going to win the grand prize, but it's the first indication we have of this partner, the first tangible evidence we have of this, this partnership for sports betting. And look, at the end of the day, this is like very easy for the complete newbie to understand. It's, hey, here's these teams. This is the win total. Are they going to win more? Or are they going to win less? And then you don't have to worry about anything else past that. I think it's a decent little way to get people to dip their toe in Adam I mean you you know listen trying to explain to people that have no idea in the whole wide world what you know a spread or a money line or any kind of anything like that is it's very easy to just put a number up there and say okay click over click under that's all you got to do this goes back to points that you and I both have made over time here. My point being that market share is the real opportunity here and bringing in the newbies is exactly what has to be done. And I think this is a great way to do it. It makes perfect sense for this to be sort of the soft rollout of this partnership, at least in real practice. And you were saying right from the beginning that this is a marketing deal. In the end, this is a marketing deal. And this is marketing. This is there's no real money involved in this. This is Warren Buffett throwing up a million dollars for a perfect bracket. Like it's just not going to happen. So it is something that gets people interested 
they can kind of dip their toe in the water. They can see what this is all about. And the people who don't have a lot of experience in sports betting can see, oh, okay, this is kind of fun. And we go from there. Yeah. It also I, makes a makes a five team parlay seem like nothing after you try to pick all, <laughs> all the game, all the NBA teams, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's it, it the reason we say that it's you know impossible, guys. I mean, like, you know, just injuries happen. There's no way to tell how how that's gonna go. Players get traded, all kinds of stuff like that. I mean, you're just you're just not going to get every single team's over under correct because you just don't know how they're even going to look a few months from Watch, now. So, someone's going to do it now just to make you look bad on the, on a podcast. Someone's going to do it. I, I will say this. If someone does this, I will add a thousand of my own dollars to your million. <laughs> so I'll help. I'll okay. help. Pay, I'll help pay the taxes. I will help pay the taxes on your million dollars. I will give you a thousand dollars of my own money. I think you're safe. That yeah. means if Grant Lucas is listening to this, he's now going to make two million and one thousand dollars. Dustin already, uh, Dustin already gave him, uh, already offered to double his, double him up if he got him. So yeah, I, I listen. It's just, it, but it's a listen. At the end of the day, like you said, Adam, it is it's a great marketing ploy right here. This is the this is perfect. It's so simple. You go in, you make a few clicks, it's over, and then you have something to sweat for uh for a long time in the nba whenever they're going on here so guys something we'll see a bunch of going forward too you know DraftKings even does stuff like this with big the billion dollar perfect lineup and things like that as we see sports betting expand these are these are great ideas to acquire customers yeah, no absolutely absolutely uh guys i'm going to see all of your pretty faces here pretty soon we have G- yeah. we have g2e here in las vegas beginning at uh, Monday of next week and Eric what's on your agenda once you get here and kind of start going I have not been to G2E in a few years and so this is uh, I'm actually looking forward to it we are I don't know did you set us a tea time for Monday yet or do we have to be at the convention center no, I guess we're going to I guess we're going to forego the whole just drink and play golf thing yeah, there's actually a lot going. My calendar is packed. There's a lot of really interesting stuff happening uh, during the week, and hopefully we'll get to to share some of that with you guys from the ground next week. Adam, have you done the G2E before? This will be my first G2E, and I was actually going through the G2E app today, making sure my schedule was all set. There is a robust sports betting symposium, three days of keynotes and speakers and panels scheduled, and all of them looked very interesting to me. In fact, Scott Van Pelt from ESPN will be giving the main keynote, uh, speaking with Sarah Slane from the American Gaming Association. So the flavor of sports betting will be quite strong at G2E this year. Yeah, it'll be, it's going to be super fun. And I think that there'll be people debuting, you know, different products and different innovations and stuff. Some I'm sure that we'll think are completely ridiculous and some that we will look at and say, you know what, that's a pretty good idea right there. And one of the cool things about that is we will have everyone together. So we will do a, a mega pod if you will from out there and have everyone in the same room and we'll kind of review all the things that we've seen the people that we've talked to and some of the information that we've gathered from this i mean it's it's hard to put over in words how gigantic this is and how many people are going to be there i mean we will focus primarily on the sports betting aspect of this but i mean it's everything from table games to slots to 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 everything you can think of i mean app providers uh, white label stuff i mean everything in the whole wide world you can think of that has anything to do with gambling in the global market will be here so uh and if we see anything really cool like you know five zero roulette or something that comes out you know like <laughs> anything like that we'll we'll be sure and pass that along as well um, side note, you know, there's like three, there's three zero roulette in Vegas now. You know this? Yeah. What in the world? Yeah. There's, there's three zero roulette and it doesn't even, even matter. People mm-hmm. play the hell out of it. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, well, don't, get me, roulette, rant. don't listen, get me started on this rant. Listen, listen, if you're playing roulette, you're not playing to make money anyway. You're just playing Correct. to have you're, you're you're just playing to have fun. So I don't even care that if they do three zero roulette. I mean, whatever. I mean, you're you're playing you're playing just as a social thing with your friends, because if you're actually playing to make money, then you're you're doing it wrong. Correct. So it was a big thing. Everyone was losing their minds whenever casinos started like throwing them in there. And I'm like, I mean, is it really, though? Is it really that big of a deal? I mean, they have, they haven't changed the rules for Pie Gal Poker yet, right? <laughs> is that is that where we can find you? Uh, like in yeah, our in our off fun. hours? Okay. Yeah. In the off hours, that's awesome. Uh, Eric, if they want to find you on the Twitter machine, uh, Eric underscore Ramsey, and Adam on the Twitter machine. Cleverly named Adam Candy, two E's, not a Y. There we go. And if you want to follow me, guys. At Matt Brown M2. Again, we are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We really would appreciate some reviews and some five stars and all the subscriptions and everything that you can possibly give us. And if you want to fee- if you want to see all of the stuff we talked about in more in depth, please head to thelines.com. Please head to onlinepokerreport.com. Please head to legalsportsreport.com where you can read all of this stuff in word form and much more in depth than we were able to get to on this podcast. Until next week, from G2E, guys, uh, we will see you on the Lions Podcast.